0: praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord this is pastor lester hayes tonight coming at you all uh, pastor sheridan our pastors of new freedom christian ministry uh, we thank the lord tonight that we are partnered with uh, several ministries amen to do this kind of work with more than Conquerors warriors christ ministry with pastor eric and pastor phoebe davis uh, who are on the line tonight and also pastors uh, uh, thomas and and joe rich Uh, up in uh, Maryland with River of Life Ministries and uh, Pastor Mike Ellis out in DeSoto, Texas, amen, with his wife Beverly. And so we thank the Lord tonight for the leadership that God has given us to be able to teach uh, the Word of the Lord and just uh, help build us up and mature us for the work of ministry. And uh, we need that these days with all that's going on around us. We need to have a good, firm, solid, stern foundation that we can Stand on during these times of trouble, water. Amen. And these are very troubled times. But we know we can look to the Lord, from which cometh our help. And God will send us the help we need. God, will, He'll help us to get through these times. Amen. And He specializes in in, in being that very present, helping the time of trouble. And uh, we were forewarned that in the last days these things would happen. We would see these troubled times. Jesus even spoke to us and said. That in the world you live in, you're gonna have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer because he's already overcome the world and the struggles of the world. Amen. He he endured that that shameful cross, man, and he finished the work. And those merits allow us to do what we're doing, that freedom. And Pastor Eric, I mean Pastor Rich talked last night about Jesus is that hope. Amen. Jesus is our hope. And so as long as we don't forget that, we're gonna be okay. We already have the victory, amen. Put our hope and confidence. In him, and we know what his thoughts are toward us, at least we should, because the prophet Isaiah prophesied in the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 11. He said, God said, You know, this is God, he's speaking on his behalf. He said, I know my thoughts toward you, and they have not changed. His thoughts are not thoughts of evil, but it's their thoughts of peace. He said, To bring us, I love that God is going to bring us to an expected end that he's already planned and that end for me is the hope i have is that i'll get to spend eternity with him amen at the end if i work out my own salvation and then do it to the end to be saved you know i have a i have an opportunity for eternal life amen to be crowned with eternal salvation and so do all of you amen and he says that you may have that hope in that future so i thank god for that amen and so let's not lose Sight of that as all of these things are going on around us, these new developments and outbreaks and upticks of this, and just more of this. Uh, don't let us lose focus on what God promised us was going to happen. Amen. Because we're the hope for somebody else, you know, we're the free people that are made available to God to free other people. So let us not uh, lose sight of that. Even Paul uh, said this as he ministered to the Galatian church in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. He said, Now you can stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and do not be entangled. With the yoke abundance again, for it is for that sake of freedom that we have been made free, that others might be free. But let me tell you something. There are things that don't want to let go. There are temptations that don't want to let go. They're varying. There's various temptations out there unto man. It's just common. It's going to be there. But temptation is not a sin until you give in. And so there's those things out there, man, going to try to tempt you, going to try to lure you in, pull you in, snare you, take dominion and control over you. So we just have to be guarded, you know, guard our salvation, guard our confession and our professions in Jesus Christ because those things come to try to kill and steal and destroy you, destroy your hope, man, so that you will be leaning to what you think is right, taking unnecessary risks, putting yourself in harm's way unnecessarily because that is that is out there that darkness is obviously out there. It's like a blanket over the earth Uh, and gross darkness we see on a lot of the people right now because their hearts are just waxing colder and colder and colder and uh, a lot of it is justifiable because people are sick and tired of the 400 years of racism and hatred and bigotry and discrimination institutionalized and all that so that's justifiable you know But if we're not careful we'll get stuck in that and we'll never be able to work our way out of that because we'll be consumed by that and that's when uh that antagonizing spirit will pull you into uh you know dealing with it in your flesh in other words you'll try to get revenge you'll end up retaliating it's just the nature of that beast and so we have to be so careful because if we're not rooted and grounded on the foundation of the gospel then yes it's a slippery slope you know we we, we we're we like sinking sand we can easily be pulled in and fall in that pit man so we have to be so so careful because that's a very thin line and so we want to be able tonight to pick up our teaching this is the fourth week we've been dealing with this centered around racism centered around uh god want to do a new restoration you know god want to do a new thing uh, God's going to come and build a, a new heaven, a new earth. He's going to make things the way they ought to be. And uh, that might be a short ways off. It could be a long ways off. We don't know. Only the Father knows. But man, the hope that we have that that's going to happen soon. I, I, I just get all worked up and get encouraged and become more confident knowing that that the way it is right now is not the way it's always going to be. And I'm going to tell you tonight why I'm able to do that. And, and, and maybe it'll help you. But you know, uh, uh, tonight's... Teaching going to focus a little bit on that, you know, kind of like where do we go from here. Last week, you know, we kind of looked at seven different areas and, and, and levels of things that we're dealing with. And, uh, you know, we're going to transition tonight and talk about uh, looking at the world how it is still battling with the upticks of this dangerous corona pandemic. We thought it was gone. We thought it had subsided, but we see it's now in 28 states and spreading like wildfire as well as this fallout with racism. We see racism has not gone anywhere so we can't shift our focus we still got to be aware that that's going on now we can add all this political findings that they're that, that they're finding out now that's a big debate going on with russia placing bounties on our uh, on the killing of our american servicemen and women that's what's shocking to me when i heard that being a veteran three and a half years now of nothing but failed leadership on every side and every turn i don't care who's in charge it's been failed leadership well it you know you may ask yourself a question like i did today when will this ever ever end and i was asking that in prayer to the to the lord i said lord, when will this ever end and and it was like if we have if we hope it will it will i want i want you to hear me on that i heard the lord say this to me if we hope it will end it will end if the believer hopes that it would end it will end because our hope is in jesus christ jesus christ is our hope we learned that last night He said, so if you, man of God, if one believer, if two believers, three believers, if I can just find me one believer in the city, if I can find me one believer in America, if I can find me one believer in Russia, any of these places where there's trouble, if I can find me one believer, he said, it will happen. And so that's what I came away with. He said, if we hope it will happen, it will happen. So I need some of y'all to hope with me tonight. He says, uh, you know, uh, if we hope it don't, it won't. If we the believers hope it don't, it won't. Amen. That's why you got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He said, but what the world fails to understand is this, that racism and hatred and murders and murderers and revenge and retaliation and antagonism and police reform, good thing, you know, taking down racially uh, intensive, uh, you know, uh, those uh, monuments that they're taking down, uh, new sets of political minds uh, that make, you know, for political campaigns and all that. Some races just took place and some people got, you know, got replaced in office. And so all that's going on. Those new political minds are coming. And he said, it's going to make things better. All that'll make things better, but it won't make everything better. And he said, it'll make it more tolerable. You better tolerate some things now because you won't see those flags. Mississippi just signed into law. The flag came down. I got to see that. People out there, man, just celebrating. That was a good thing to end that. Saw whites and blacks coming together. White governor signing that, taking that confederate emblem off of that flag man it makes it makes life in those racially tense and charged places more tolerable okay he said but the fact still remains uh you know that all this cannot save anyone but it can cause a lot of unnecessary death that we're not careful because there's always gonna be that mindset out there that you took that down. That was that was for me, that was my symbol, that was my emblem, and people are gonna retaliate. So so you 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 know you're you're making it more tolerable, you're making it better, you're closing a sucking wound that people have had to deal with for 400 plus years. But we're also, man, opening up a can here, man, that we're not careful for a lot of people to retaliate, and that's going on now. There were several drive-by shootings and some of these places where people just drove by and open fire in the crowd. And I hate to say it, I'm hoping that it ends, but I just got a feeling that we're going to get a little bit more of that before this thing really, really takes root. And so that's why I'm praying. So it is safe to say that racism and hate takes life, but love and hope gives and preserves and saves lives. And so what I want to say to you is this. I want to talk you tonight a little bit like this let's forget about the hate let's forget about the racism let if we can i know it's hard because it's still out there and it's vital it's, it's vibrant it's, it's alive it's, it's operating it's functioning mm-hmm. out there it's growing all the time but for us who are the believers <clears throat> if we could just step away for a minute and just put it to the side you know And just remember the love of the Father, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. So let's just forget the hate right now and remember the love. And that'll help us to be able to be more effective, uh, you know, more understanding of what uh, God is able to do. And uh, hopefully be able to encourage someone uh with that, I mean, if we get caught up in the hate cycle, if we get caught up in uh the racism and get stuck there because we are the hope we we're, we're the salt of the earth you know we we are if we lose our saltiness and our, our our savor then the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter five verse thirteen, then we become good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men, people will walk all over us too, and so let's remember that so let's just take. <laughs> take our our lives now and just say, okay, I'm going to get rid of the hate. I'm going to not get rid of it, but forget it because it's going to be there. I'm going to forget it though. I'm going to forget the racism and I'm going to remember and focus on the love of the father and try to help somebody and encourage somebody. And I believe, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm believing that this is going to happen out there more and more. If we have hope that it will, it will. And I'm hoping that it will. I'm praying that it will, that this would take root if it begins with us. Amen. It is time to forget the hate and remember the love of our heavenly father. The key is, you know, uh, there uh, are many. The the key is this, you know, what's in the heart? Because God always looks at the heart. You know, the key, you know, is, is there any love in our hearts? Is there any love in our hearts? I, I refuse to believe that those people that are out there doing all these heinous things and, you know, and, and lynching people and murdering people, I, I, I choose to believe that there is some love in their heart, but they're just in love with the wrong thing because they love their cause. They love to defend their Confederate flag. They love to defend their monuments. They love to fight for what they believe in. They're thinking that they're right. They're thinking they're doing God some favor. So there's love there, but it's just love for the wrong thing and for the wrong reason. And so I, I, I'm I'm praying that the love of God will come in their hearts, that they'll be a, just like we see in Mississippi. I saw this white, uh, this white politician and this black politician both coming together and both saying, you know, it's time for change for their state. I thought that was powerful. You know, I, he wasn't trying to defend though, that long history of Confederate whatever. He said, it's just time. It's time for change in our state. He was talking about it's time to forget the hate and the reason why we hate and remember the love of the father, our heavenly father. He has given us an inalienable right for all of us to be entitled to this thing called life, that we may be able to live a peaceful and a, and a tranquil and a quiet life in honesty and, you know, and in integrity. And so I, I felt that come through and I said if God can put love in that man's heart to stand there next to his brother of a different color and, in and, 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 Mississippi and make a statement like that where all of his white brothers out there, men are hearing that to me, man, that was hope right there, man, on display. And I say, man, if we could get that from the federal government, man, whoo, my God, how how quickly can things turn around? You know, people are starting to forget about the hate. And you're always going to have one or two outliers out there now. We're always going to have that. But I believe for the most part, that would be a transforming moment for a lot. Amen. To include us. And so, but it's got to be that love found in that heart, you know, in us, period. You know, it's got to be in us. There's no question. We pray and hope that it'll get in others, but it's got to be, it's got to start in us. It's got to be there in us, the love of the father. What does God see is what we got to ask ourselves when he checks out the contents of each individual heart, especially the hearts of the Christian believers. You know, what does God see? I nobody got to give me no answer on that. Is the love of God in our hearts? Got to ask myself that question. Then there is hope because of the Holy Spirit, you know, nope it says it's not by power it's not by might but by my spirit says the lord you know why because when you look in the book of romans chapter 5 verse 5 it says love is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost shed abroad that means there ain't no room in there for nothing else if love is in there we put a lot of other things in there by choice but if love is in there it blocks out everything else it covers everything else it, it stands up against everything else You know, and so God is looking at that heart and he's saying, you know, it's it's, it's the Holy Spirit that sheds it abroad in there because he has a use for it. He has a purpose and a plan for it but it's not by power. It's not by might. And it's not by my, it's, it says it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so when you look in the book of Zechariah, that it says that in the book of Zechariah, very prophetic word that Zechariah gave, because he was prophesying about things that was going to happen in the future or should happen. And listen to what he says right here in the book of Zechariah chapter four, verse six, in the King James Bible, he says, then he answered and spake unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now we know Zerubbabel was going to be, I want to say this is Solomon's son, and Zerubbabel was going to be a representation of God, of all that God was about, all the godly attributes, a good man, who well, a good leader, that God was going to use, okay, to do great things. He just won a many. Amen. But he had a significant role to play. Amen. And things being like they ought to be based on the leading, guiding, and directing of the Holy Spirit, just like all of us. Because if the Holy Spirit put love in my heart, then the Holy Spirit going to use that love, and he's not going to necessarily need my power, my might, my strength to do it. He's just going to do it by the love of the Father that's in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you tonight for this word we give you glory honor, and praise now lord just have your way holy spirit uh, as we look to you right now just like uh zachariah looked to you we look to you right now out to finish and develop our faith and we pray that you would root and ground and put love in our heart the love of the father shed it abroad that we may be able to love the way he loved that uh, we may be the rubens the Rubber bells of this day and this hour because what the world is lacking right now is a lot of love and so we're praying that that we all will be willing to just forget the hate and remember the love of the father and so we thank you and we praise you right now for the love of god being shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost as we go forward right now we're just praying that that love will be found in every heart that is out there as we're beginning to see glimpses of it right now as we're beginning to see uh people are getting sick and tired of sick and tired of being in odds with people of color that hate their brothers and who they who, who and, and say they love god who they've never seen and see their brother right there every day so we seeing glimpses of this right now so father we we just pray that it will continue right in the midst of all that is going on as we previously stated. So we lift it all up to you right now. Our world needs you right now. We need you right now, Lord God. And so we thank you that you are still our hope. Jesus, you are still our hope. And so we look to you to often and finish developed by faith. And we just pray tonight that your will be done. Now you are used this teaching to be able to encourage your people tonight. It is my prayer and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we understand now, amen, uh, let's just kind of go real quick to the book of Romans chapter 5, and I want to look at verses 5 through 12 here, amen, and kind of look at this word called hope, and it starts out in verse 5 of the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 5 through 12, we're going to spend a little time there, it says, and hope maketh not ashamed, Nothing wrong with hoping for something. The Bible says over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it says that, you know, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so you may not see this, but my God, that's not a justification not to hope for it because God promised it. Amen. Just like we just got through reading in the book of Zechariah, the fourth chapter, verse six, you know, God has a perspective of how he looks at things, even in the midst of all that's going on around us. It's not so pleasant. You know, it could be it could be heart wrenching, gut wrenching. It could be angering. It could be frustrating. It could be disappointing. But we have to be able to look at things the way God looks at things. And we have to not let the hope we have in him make us ashamed because, you know, I'm a man of color and I get a lot of requests to invite me to things, black lives, stuff, stuff going on right here in Tallahassee. But I get to sit here, man, and choose whether I want to participate or not. But I choose to spend my time in other ways. I'm not a very good sign carer, sign bearer. I don't do good at that. You know what I'm saying? I don't do good at that. You know, because uh, I'd be out there packing and somebody shoot at me, I'm shooting back. So I don't want to expose myself to that, you know. So I'm going to try to do my most effective work using these weapons right here that I'm skilled in. You know, I spent 30 years in the army training on all them weapons, but I'm not using them anymore. I fought to defend my country. That's over with. I'm in another chapter. I'm in another army. So i got to become familiar with how effective I can be using these weapons. And uh, I want to be able to teach every other believer about these weapons you have available to fight this war because it ain't about flesh and blood it's really about uh, you know spiritual wickedness in high places principalities rules of the darkness of this age and the powers out there that be and we got to learn how to put on the whole arm of God we got to learn about the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God we got to learn about the belt of truth around our waist we got to learn about the helmet of salvation the breath of righteousness and the shield of faith we got to learn about our feet being showered with the preservation of gospel of peace all this is spiritual terminology but Paul was looking at a Roman soldier for jail said when he saw the massive size of this Roman soldier, and he saw how shielded and protected he was, and God began to give him revelation right there, and he wrote to the Ephesian church that, hey, you know, you can do this spiritually. You can put this armor on spiritually, and I love how he said that in the book of Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 6, uh, I think it's around verse 10 down to 19. Paul said, hey, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he was saying. That whole armor, the hope that it's going to work, is based on you putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put Him on every day, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the adversary. And there are people out there marching right now that don't know Jesus. They don't know how to put Him on. And so, but but you know, but we but we know, and and we can't be ashamed of that, no matter what he says. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, which is given unto us. And if God gives us something, it's up to us what we do with it. Now, you can grab your sign and go do that, or you can take and take what God has given you and say, Lord, just hide it in my heart. Put it in my heart, Lord. I want it to be in my heart so that when I open up my mouth out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. And if love is in my heart, that's what's going to come out of my heart. That's why I ask you, is love in your heart? If it is, it'll come out. You don't have to force it out, squeeze it out. Now by the faith, hope and love. Everybody got faith, you know, everybody got, you know, faith and hope and love and charity and all that. But does it come out? Does it come out in action? Does it come out? Does it do anything? Does it accomplish anything? Do you pray for anybody besides yourself? You know, do you give when you can give? Do you support when you can support? All godly causes. And so it's not nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of. God has given it to us for that reason. Now, let me define this word hope, if I may, because we use it a lot. We heard it last night, we heard it a lot. And it's an English word. And this word hope implies contingency. You know, in the military, I was taught uh, what contingency plans are? Pastor Eric probably can relate to this than anybody else. You always got to have a contingency. Sometimes the contingency to the contingency, because sometimes your your primary contingency get blown up. You got to have a backup to the backup to the backup. In other words, and in the military, when I worked in Washington D.C., when 9/11 happened, I was there. I was on the, the what you call the executive agent for the Pentagon, which we execute all their policy because they didn't have any tasking authority, but they make policy. Well, we had been telling them that we knew we were going to get attacked. We did not know where and we did not know when. And we needed to take those 12 contingency plans and update them. They had not been updated or dusted off in over 50 years. And we said we need to take them off and dust them off and update them. And we kept being told, no, let's just do a tabletop exercise to make sure we know where to do, where to deploy, where to take the president if something happened. That's as far as we got. And then all of a sudden 9-11 happened. And so those contingencies didn't do us no good. If we don't use this contingency that God has given us, it's not going to do us any good. It didn't do us any good then. 9-11 happened. It's not going to do us any good right now with racism and all this other stuff going on if we don't have a contingency. And that's what hope is supposed to be. It implies a contingency. But the biblical hope that we need, okay, it's a it's a word called, uh, a, a Greek word called, uh, elpis spelled e-l-p-i-s is not a hope of a so hope you know that some people say i so hope no it's not that kind of hope hope so hope but it's a no so hope i know so because i got the word of god so understand the differences you know people say i hope so y'all know people who say that well i hope so i hope you're right not talking about that kind of hope that's got too much doubt in it too much unbelief in it laced with too much uncertainty but i'm talking about a hope that says no, so hope. I know because God said it. So that's why I'm hoping for it. My hope is based on those things above that He said, those things that are in heaven. I want them to be in earth the way they are in heaven. That's why we pray His will be done. This is a God kind of hope. And this hope, it is a sure hope, confident hope, assured hope. Make no mistake about it. We will all experience it because our God is the God of hope. Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, was is and remains the object and assurance of our hope. We got to keep things fixed on our focus fixed on him because in the book of Isaiah chapter 26 verse three, we always reference this scripture. It's very prophetic, but it's so true. He whose mind is stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ will God will keep him in perfect peace. Don't forget the finished work he did. Don't forget the thoughts he have toward us. You know, you can be blinded by your own blindness out here with all of this stuff that's grabbing for our attention and our focus. So let's go a little further right here in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 5 through, through, um, I think I said through 12, King James Bible. Next verse, it says this. Look, at, listen at verse thirteen. I'll drop down to thirteen, then I come back up to verse six. It says, "Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost." That's in the book of Romans, chapter five, verse thirteen, the King James Bible. I dropped all the way down there. Now I'm gonna go back up here to verse six. Pick up our discussion. It says, But when we were yet without strength and due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, by now, but he said, "Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him." Don't care who wrath it is—the the, the 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 extremists, KKK, Trump. Don't care who 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 who's wrath it is. There's a lot of it out there right now. You know. A lot of it out there right now, you know, on both sides, black on black crime, you know, police brutality, a lot of wrath out there right now being inflicted on people. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Mm, mm, mm. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now uh, received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world and and death by that sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so let's remember that. That's so important because of this. If God can save me as a sinner, why can't he save my brother, white brother that's trying to kill me as a sinner? But is that in my heart? Is that what I want God to do? Or do I just want him to stop killing me? Well, if he stopped killing me, the black guy that's angry with you might kill you. That's going on too. So we have to be, you know, we have to understand that we all have sinned. But there was one man who sinned that caused us to become sinners. It was imputed to us. But there was a second man, Adam, who came <clears throat> and took my sins. Well, guess what? He didn't just take mine. He took the fellow that's trying to kill me too. But the fellow who's trying to kill me, or I'm trying to kill him, whichever way, probably don't know about what Jesus Christ came to do. You know, So he don't have that hope that he can get along with me and learn to love me and the Lord said, it's by this that men are going to know that you are my disciples, that you love one another, that you love the brethren, that you love people. You, you know, you, you pray for those who persecute you. You love all souls because all souls is mine. And if you wise, you'll win souls and you can't do it without love. He said, by loving kindness, have I drawn you sinner." Well, guess what? There are some white brothers out there that are saved too. So did God draw them with a different love? No, there are some black folks out there that is killing black people and white people and other people. But will God draw them just like he do the white brother over here with the mask on, call himself KKK with all the tattoos and the rebel flags? Yes, he will. He died for everybody. But it took love for him to do that. And he wants that love to be what draws people. Not the hate, not the bigotry, not the murdering, not the lynching, you know, not the retaliation. Please put your phone on mute. Please, please. But he want to use that love to draw people. Amen. And that love has to shine through us because we, 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 we are the other ones okay, that have that love shed abroad. The believers, you know, the reformed one, the renewed one, the saved ones who've already received him. And he want to see is that love in your heart. Is the love of the Father in your heart shed abroad by the Holy Ghost? then guess what? You can look beyond people's fault, too, and see the need. That's what he did. And so let's go a little further here. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the hope of God given to the world. We have to understand that. God gave him for the sins of the world, not just us, the black race or the white race or whatever race, Asian Americans, uh, you know, Native Americans, whoever. But it was for la of da to everybody. For us to believe, that was the reason, for us to believe, you know, have a sure and true conviction of our sins. And uh, a self-surrender to him, notice a self-surrender now, no pressure to save us from our sins. So we would have a fully assured trust and confidence and hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we don't perish. That's why he did it and end up, you know, and and end up receiving everlasting life. That's what he wants for us. That's what was precious for us. You know, it's God's gift to us through love. Okay. When we look in the book of John chapter three, everybody know this chapter, the book of John chapter three, verses 14 through 21, the King James Bible, listen at this argument as he talks about this hope and this love. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and even so must the son of man be lifted up, not our president, not some other politician, not some sports figure, not some uh, celebrity out of Hollywood. We lift all them up. We bring all of them performing artists. They come and they do their rap songs about this black live movement. They do their lyrics. Beyonce gets an award from Michelle Obama about all this stuff at the BET Awards. They're doing all of this stuff and all that's good. It, it makes things better. Don't save anybody though because there's nobody up there on that stage, man, talking about putting your hope in Jesus, you know. And so once the song has been played, it'll go down in history. It's been a great song, man, during this time we're living in. Another book will be right, written by Professor Eric Dyson and all these guys, and they do great work, man, to remind us of the struggle. But none of that saves us. If anything, it keeps the womb open, you know. But that's okay, as long as it keeps generating some hope, that we're hoping for something better to happen. And I think that's the number one theme behind everything everybody's trying to do. But we need to now focus on where is that hope? What is the subject? What should be the subject of that hope? It's Jesus. Thank God for police reform. Thank God that we got an election coming up and everybody's going to vote in November. Thank God for these people who just recently got elected that has a different view of life and want to share that with everybody. They want Medicare for everybody. They they want health care for everybody. That's good. All that's good. They want weapons reform. They want all these things, these political things. But none of that will save people. Jesus said, if I be lifted up. So let's see what he says right here. And as Moses lifted up his servants in the, in the, in the, in the wilderness, he said, even so the son of man, eternal uh, man uh, must be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Whosoever that believeth in him shall not perish. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. That's everybody, y'all. For God so loved the world, there it is, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world, listen, y'all, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. That's the key right there. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. That's why you're seeing all this stuff going on darkness on the earth. Isaiah uh, prophesied over there in the book of Isaiah chapter 60 and 61 talked about that because their deeds were evil. gross darkness on all the people because their deeds are evil. Still going on today. It went on then hadn't changed, you know, but it getting better. For every one that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now is the time that we get to come to God. Let me tell you something. God dropped something in my spirit the other day and I'm working on a sermon on this and you will probably hear more on this. But I want you to get this, okay? What I hear God is saying is this. There are two things that life comes down to for everybody out there that's listening to me right now. Out on the podcast where this is going to be in about 24 hours, 45 platforms all over the world where we have in other countries, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that's going to be listening to this. I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say, because this is so important. I want you to block out everything else. Like I told you before, forget about the hate. Forget about all that's going on right now with the, all this, this hatred and, and murdering and all that, police reform and all that. Forget about all that. Forget about everything else, coronavirus, just for a second, that you can get your mind and your heart around what I'm getting ready to say. The Lord began to deal with me here a couple of days ago, and he says this. Life comes down to this. You have two choices. Okay, that can change your life. Two choices. If you will accept them, just two choices. God gave them to you and you have to, you know, take these two choices and do something with them to be able to change the course of life. And it starts with every individual. Same choice for everybody, la-di-da-di. Nobody's exempt. I don't care how much material wealth or value you place on yourself right now. I don't care how important you think you are right now. I, I mean, I care, but I don't care that these things rise above what I'm getting ready to tell you, okay? Obviously, I care because I'm here. But I'm just simply saying I don't value what you what what it costs you for these two choices, what it cost him. But he paid an ultimate price. And so I don't want to place value on everything else, your status quo, and everything else, you, you know, you've, you've, you've earned and accomplished. But I want you to understand these two choices of what life comes down to. And here they are. Very simple. God has given you the choice. Okay? And the two choices you have is this. You get to choose the way you live. And you get to choose the way you die. I hope y'all hear me. You get to choose the way you live. And you get to choose the way you die. Nobody else chooses that for you. God is giving you that choice, and you're going to have to do something with it, not to choose or to choose. You get to choose how you live, and you get to choose how you die. That was what the the situation in the Garden of Eden was all about, when he told Adam and Eve what they could choose to do. You could choose to eat of that tree or that tree, but don't, because the day you choose of that tree right there, that's Satan's, that don't belong to you, you're going to surely die. Now you get to choose based on that right there. That was a choice. That was an exercise of choice, you know, and he met, he failed it. And because of that, we have struggled with our choices. Every since, every since then we have struggled with our choices. You know, we either disobey or we practice righteousness. You know, this says who, or rather who the father is to us. When we do this greater is he that is in us, you know, that he that's in this world. So let us love one another signifying the very love of God in us because he first loved us. We need to love one another in order that his love can be perfected in us. No other way to forget hate. Okay. No other way, but through Jesus Christ and remember the love of the father in heaven. That's the only way we're going to forget it. There's no other way you know, now we will end up with boldness in the day of judgment. That's what he said to us. That's the, that's the reward because we, uh, abided in truth and we, uh, loved God and we also loved others as well. And so we thank God now that we cannot be condemned with the rest of the world. Okay. And so we get to choose, you know, we get to choose. Make no mistake about that. Let me give you a couple more scriptures here. It's in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 through 21. And it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world out there doing all of this stuff right now. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. That's why they're going in numbers. That's why more and more people are going out there with their signs and whatever else, weapons and whatever else they're taking out there. They're hearing that call to the streets. We are of God, though, and he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, and in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that we love, but that He loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation. Whatever God required to be satisfied, Jesus was it for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved the world, we ought also to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Now, no look S, that's a big S, the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, not just the black race, not just the white race, or the brown race, or whatever other color. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein... Is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, listen to this y'all, so are we in this world. If God is love and we in God and God in us, we ought to be love in this world. There is no fear in love. What are you afraid of? But perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. Don't fear what nobody can do to you. Don't fear what man can do to you. He ain't going to do no more to you than God allow him. Stay in the love of God, separate, forget about hate, and remember the love of the Father. He that man, he says that, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. (laughs) We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, uh uh, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Lie the truth ain't in him. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. And that's in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 4 through 21, the King James Bible. So again, what I believe, okay, God is calling for is in this hour, in this season that we're in is for the world to forget their hate for each other, for hate, for color, for hate, for whatever, and remember his unconditional love. Now, that's a a tall order, but that's what I'm praying for because that's what's required, and that's what I'm hoping. If I hope it's going to happen, the Lord said it's going to happen. If I hope it's not going to happen, it's probably not going to happen. I'm going to tell you why in just a second here. We have but two choices in life. And those are how we live and how we die. I gotta remind you of that. Now, here's what it comes down to: the Book of Deuteronomy, chapter thirty. A lot of you've been here before, verse three and verse nineteen through twenty of the King James Bible. Listen closely. This is this is the Lord speaking through His man servant Moses as He's writing this to the, to the to the to the to the generations of His day, generations after Him, and generations to pass uh, to come to pass. Listen to what He says here: I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. Talking to everybody out there that's reading this, hearing this, that know this. This is for the whole world. Okay? In that day, this day, and the next day. That I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou may have loved the Lord thy God, that that word is, and that thou may have his voice, and that thou may have cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou may have in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, all those generations before us, to give them, amen, to give them, okay? Gave them that choice. He's given us that choice. Every generation have that choice. It has been set before us. Heaven and earth is witnessing right now what God has done. And you have to do it in love. You have to do it in love for the father. You have to do it in love for the brethren. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. You got to love your enemies. Pray for, you got to be willing to pray for those who persecute you. Speak all manner of evil against you. Got to be willing to pray for those who have a ruling authority over you. And if you don't have love in your heart, it becomes a tall task. It becomes almost uh, totally impossible to do. I know that there is a controversial issue out there and it's keep growing right now. You still got 4,200 different teachings out there about the gospel message and the deity of Jesus Christ. That's still out there we got to contend with. The anointed son of the true and the living God is still a big question mark for a lot of people. Christ the Messiah, we're going to get hated because he was hated. He told us that, but be of good cheer. He is the incarnated word of God made flesh. Nobody can change that and dwell among us full of grace and truth. And he is the light of all men. He did come and appear to his own, and they did not even recognize him. He's probably coming to people right now, and they don't recognize him. People are probably hearing the voice of God right now and don't recognize him, okay, because they're so blinded by things. Thank God for Jesus Christ and what he warned us would take place in the last days, okay, which would be evil days and would need redeeming. In the book of uh, Ephesians chapter four, five, verse 14 through 17, the King James Bible says this, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that thou walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, buying it back, use the word, use the love of God, use all the things that God has given us to redeem that time, to buy that time back. We can do that. Don't need money. You know, just, just, it just need availability. It just needs a hope in us. You know, you just need to know that the word works. Just need to know that God is with us. God is helping us. God wants us to do it this way. Remember what he told Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1. Jeremiah, if I can find one righteous in this city, you know, that's willing to, 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 to honor my name and to exalt my word and my name above all else, then I'll save the city. I'll spare the city. And Abraham even said, Lord, if you can find 50 righteous, got all the way down to 10. So all God is looking for, a faithful few you know, I want to be in that number, you know, I think that you all are assigned to be in that number, regardless of where you're at right now, I believe this, he says, so see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil, number one reason to do it, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, is that we walk in love, amen, And we let the love of God rule in our hearts, amen, Jesus Christ I don't believe want anyone to be victimized by the spirit of deception. So he taps, amen, and he don't want anybody to be be taken by somebody, you know, double dealing with you. Uh, He want us to operate uh, not in behavior like deceivers or someone, uh, you know, or things or, or places that deceive everyone. A lot of that going on out there right now. People trying to take advantage of this opportunity. Please don't be deceived and don't deceive yourself. Make sure you discern everything before you go getting involved in stuff. This is a critical time. Scams are going on right now. All kinds of things right now competing for your attention and your affection. You got to be very, very guarded and very, very protective. You know, you got to you got to discern some things. You got to know some things. Amen. Because once you get you in it, and it consumes you. You know, you do become a victim, amen, you know, sometimes by your own doing. Let's move to close right now. So Jesus don't want anybody to be victimized. That's not what he's about. He don't want to use racism, hatred, bigotry, lies to save nobody. He wants the gospel, and he wants his spirit, and he wants his love, and he wants you to voluntarily accept this. Nobody put no pressure on your forces. In other words, Jesus Christ has always warned his people about those who, who who double deal, who love to deal with his people and and uh, uh, you know un, um, unrighteousness and fraud as cheaters, you know those that are full of trickery, always duping innocent people by uh, hoodwinking them uh, in cunning and crafty rhetoric and hate speech loaded down, uh, and they are uh, up uh, up to much guile about how they deal with people until it becomes dissembling, using bluff who exploit the fearful by lying and pretending that lead to treachery with all their uh, monkey business and funny business, hanky-panky kinds of stuff, schemers. Uh, They are evil souls. Uh, They are truth dodgers, swindlers, uh, con artists, scammers, imposters, fake, those who misrepresent what is true and good. Uh, They are blind and they specialize in setting up people so that they deceive many for illegal gain and profiteering. And now let me read this last verse and we're going to end tonight. This is in the book of Mark chapter 13, verse 5 and 6 and verse 10 and 13 of the King James Bible. And this is my last scripture for the night if I can get through it. It says, and the gospel must first be published among all nations, not some nations, same gospel, universal. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, Take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. And that's in the book of Mark chapter 13, again, verses 5 through 6 and verses 10 through 13. And so again, I hear the Lord saying to us that we have a choice. And those two choices are, I choose how I live and I choose how I die. And remember, he has called heaven and earth to witness against us, that he has sat before us, okay, life and death. Curses and blessings and he said choose ye life now. I don't know where you are in life I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you feel about things But I just think that this is a good time if you're not right with god To get right with god There's there's nothing else that god is using out there Amen to save anybody but the name of jesus to help anybody but the name of jesus He is still the very present help in the time of trouble. Jesus is that hope for all nations amen and if we as believers who have received his love, if we're not sharing that with other people as they come up with all these things. And let me tell you how easy this slippery slope is. A lot of times because of friendships and relationships and partnerships and things we get involved in, a lot of times those people are not where you are in Christ. And sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll come across as being very sincere and they are very sincere, but it's to the limit of what they know. And we have to be so mindful of that is that we can't get off of the straight and the narrow path because we made a choice. We made a choice. The road is straight. The way is straight. It's broad yet, but it's straight. And the Bible said, many shall come there too. Here is, here is where you got to separate. Many shall come there too. Friends of mine are going to come there. They're going to talk about God. They're going to have the the, the the knowledge and they're gonna they're going to have the word. But they don't have the power. They don't have the solitude. They don't have the solitary wherewithal to separate, to be consecrated, to be separated for that sacred purpose, that meat for the master's use. And that's where you got to weigh it in the balance right there because that choice, how you choose to live at that moment, is also determining how you choose to die at that moment. And it's just that critical. And this is the moment that everybody's facing right now. Do you get involved with this because it's good? It'll make it make things better, or do I weigh in the balance? Am I going to stick with this because I know this right here will bring me eternal, uh, everlasting life? So, do you want to sacrifice this for that, or you want to hold on to this and pray and hope for that to get you know to get better? You can do a whole lot praying and hoping, you know, because he said if you hope it will, it will. He told me that. He said if you hope it will, man of God, you believe it. It will. You know, it's power in your faith. It's power in your faith. you pleasing God. When you when Abraham, the Lord said, Abraham, and he said, Yeah, I believe. And the Bible said the Lord counted the righteous. The book of Romans, chapter 4. Abraham is, is challenged. He is challenged. And the Bible said when he decided to believe God, he made him the father of many nations. And those those nations are still being blessed today because that man, in a moment of his life of transition, he either had to choose how he was going to live by faith, or he was going to choose at that same moment how he was going to die. And he said, I don't want to die without an heir, Lord. So you see the reward of him deciding how he was going to live by faith for God. And God counted it righteousness. And look at the reward. He gave him an heir that his legacy may continue. Old as he was, God revived and restored him. Why? God gave him a contingency plan. And he said, "If you take your son after he gave him to him. And offer them up to me. I will know that you love me. I will know that there's nothing can separate you from me. And there's people, man, right now being separated from the love of God because of causes that, that are good causes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay that. But remember, you're choosing how you're going to live. And the Bible said if you choose to live by the sword, you die by the sword. You could die out there. You could die doing that. And I'm not telling people not to do that. That's your choice. God has set it before you. But I pray and hope that they got everything right with God before they make that choice. And they don't forget God when they get out there in that choice. Because it's ours. We either choose the way we live, we choose the way we die. All of it takes place at the same time when I make that choice. I'm praying tonight that some choices have been made. I'm praying tonight that when we send this out there on the platforms and the podcasts, that people are going to make a choice. They're going to be forced by the word of God to make a choice. And I pray that that choice will be the best possible choice that they can make. that'll, That'll change their life forever. It'll secure eternal life for them. It'll put a hope in them that Jesus is going to come back one day and make things like they ought to be. He's going to come and do that new restoration that he promised. He's going to do that new thing that he promised. He's going to build that new heaven and that new earth, and we're going to be with forever be with the Lord. And of that kingdom, there will be no end. The world as we see it now is going to pass away, but his word will never pass away. And it simply starts with me confessing him with my mouth, believing in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. It all begins right there if I make that choice if I make that choice just believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life it's just that simple and if I'm in sin not a problem I can come back because he married to the backstab according to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 he's got it all covered all my scripture references coming right out of King James Bible they're all there one source if you want to verify you go right there they there and that's what he's saying to us I'm married to the backslider. Prodigal sons and prodigal daughters out there, out there in the world, right, just living, doing whatever. You can come to your right mind and make an intelligent decision, and come right back to your father's love right now. He'll be a father to the fatherless, mother to the motherless, brother to the brotherless, sister to the sister. He'll be all things to all men. That's what Jesus is. He is our hope. You know. And if you're immature, I pray tonight that you desire the sincere milk of this word that you can grow by. I pray if you're mature, and you're acting mature, that tonight something went off that you can do more than what you're doing. You can do it better. God is there to help us. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to win. And so amen.